Good morning, everybody. This is Judith Hope. You're listening to Mad Love. Let's get into it. So, uh, I mean, right now for my mom, everything's going pretty good. As all the regular listeners know, I'm a caregiver and my mom fell a week ago on her head. It was horrible. Um, but she's made a, it seems like she's made a full recovery except for that giant knot on her head. And yes, I'm using witch hazel on it. She's got a knot and a bruise, but for the most part, the injury has, uh, sort of given way to the Alzheimer's again. So she's back to being aggressive and not listening and, uh, you know, last night was just so challenging because she really, I never know where she is in her lifetime. So she was talking about her dad a lot last night, which I've never known her to do. It was just weird. It was just uh, such a terrible disease. So, oh, wow. Drop the phone. (laughs) Sorry. So anyway, I, I don't know. I'm not tired. I Following someone around all day, it makes it really challenging to get other things done, even though I do it. I find ways to, you know, get things done, but I don't know how, because she requires literally all your attention. Her decision-making is so poor, and I don't know that there's been a um, decline, because she's already pretty declined, <laughs> but... I I have to say that I really feel like she recovered from the fall and now we're just dealing again with Alzheimer's, but, um, I don't know. I can't tell a hundred percent if there's been a worsening of her condition. It's just all so bad anyway. And I do want to say, if you get in the right uh, hospital system, you will feel like you have a ton of support. I feel very supported but they don't have a lot of resources in the areas where I really need, which is you need just bodies. You need help. You need somebody to be there to to watch the person. So when you hear hospice, um, it is very supportive. It's very supportive. Um, there are people that come to see about you, talk to you. You talk to a million people. Yesterday, we met a very kind chaplain. But at the same time, what you really need is bodies. And that means you either need, you have to have money. You have to pay people. Um, And that's where there's no help. So if you're an an industrious person like myself, you've already read up on all the stuff. You've already looked up all the good places that accept Medicaid. And then they tell you they don't accept Medicaid. You've already done all, all of those things. I've taken care of her finances. I've, I've done everything. And the thing that seems like, you know, the most daunting is care. And there's and there's not even one place that's like, well, this place is super cheap. It's just not out there. And I don't know what people are going to do. I, I can't keep saying that. I'm tired of saying that because um, and I'm tired of feeling that way. I we we have to come up with solutions there's not going to be enough caregivers. There's not going to be enough facilities. And I, you know, even though people tell you all the time that it's no guarantee that they'll get good care in a facility, I agree with that. But there does come a point where you know that you've eclipsed your skill set. You know, your patience has been breached. And if it's a me versus them thing, 
If it's me versus her, I'm choosing me. I have to choose me. You know, she's going to outlive everybody because she's clueless. You know, I do admire her uh, tenacity, but she's a narcissist and she thinks she's the boss. Even even last night, she was like, well, I need to talk to whoever's in charge in here. And I'm like, I'm in charge of everything in here. What do you need? Well, I just can't talk to you. I just can't. I keep dropping the phone. I don't know what's going on. I can't talk to you. Da, da. So anyway, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. She's back. <laughs> the the Alzheimer's is back in full effect. And, um, you know, I think she's recovered from her brain injury, which is shocking. But when you have a baseline of health, you will recover from things. I also want to say people keep talking about all this COVID that's coming back or COVID that's on the rise. I've said what I've said for the last two years, and I'm going to say it again. No one tells you to look after your immune system, but you should do that. You should exercise. You should get good sleep. You should eat real food, boost your immune system, and, you know, fight off everything because... I don't know that I trust anybody talking about these vaccines. It's not even a vaccine. I don't want to keep having to get the shots. That means the vaccines don't aren't working. It's not like the polio vaccine, you know? I don't get a booster for polio. And, and it was put together so quickly, you have to wonder, you know, what is, was it really effective? Did it hurt people? It could have. Excuse me. I got decent sleep, but I'm just overall tired. Following somebody around like that for three or four days is just a lot, and I'm tired. But anyway, work on your immune system for real. I was talking to one of the many, many medical people that have been in my home lately, and I was expressing my concern about the uptick with all these old people with dementia, and she uh, was like, oh, you know, I see, I'm seeing a lot of people with cancer. And I'm like, wow. I never even thought about the other diseases. I just know people aren't going to be ready for dementia. But at least cancer usually moves fast. You know, if you want to find a silver lining, it's the quickness of it. You know, but dementia is chronic and last can last for a long time. In fact, the chaplain that came to my house yesterday, her husband was diagnosed in his 60s with dementia. He's like 66. That happened to my dad. He was diagnosed in his late 60s. I mean, it would really be helpful if they had figured out what caused this. But people have been so greedy. These companies have done everything they can to make profits and not research and development. You know, it's just crazy. So that's that. Man, Pete Carroll got fired. Did he get fired? I can't tell. They mutually agreed. He's going to be a consultant, which lets you know Pete's either getting old. Like, I, that's weird. But he's going to be consulting. Um, there's some pretty decent coaching jobs out there. I do wish there was a good sports show that I could watch. Kyle Hurd gets on my nerves. I try to like him, but he's such a homer. If he's friends with the person, he can't be objective. He's such a fanboy. You could tell he wasn't popular as a kid. You know, so it's like Sean Payton, first of all, you used to love Russell Wilson because you're from the Seattle area. You loved Russ. Then as soon as Sean Payton, who you became a complete fanboy and obviously a friend with, 
decided to do his gangster thing, then you can't even be objective about how shitty it is, how he's treating him. Well, I've had to reevaluate new information, new uh, evaluation. Yeah, listen, I get it. Russ was trash last year. Russ's contract is unappealing. It's way too high. But they made the deal before Sean Payton got there. Have you ever been hired by a boss and then that boss moves on and then you, you, the next boss inherits you and they don't want you? I have. It feels terrible because there's nothing you can do, nothing you can say. You could have had the, he could have had the best season he was ever going to have. And he started to do, he was doing that when the, he, when he got threatened. That's wrong. I don't care if you're best friends with the person who does it. That's wrong. And you don't do it midseason, and you don't do it during a winning streak. They just beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the the reigning world champs. Everything's going good. And I don't know. I know everybody's trying to make it seem like it's all Russell's fault. But the reality is they signed that deal. Okay? They signed that deal before Sean Payton even got there. So it's not fair. If you, you're working on your job and somebody walks up to you and like, yeah, I know your last boss liked you a lot and gave you a bump. Well, I like some of that money back. That's wrong. And you're letting everybody know, all the players and all the fans, that y'all aren't serious about winning. Because you were winning. You were putting together something that was going to be formidable. And, of course, they started to tank. Who wouldn't tank? You know, I saw Remember the Titans. Come on, man. That was lame. And Cowherd just cannot be objective about that. You know, his he, Sean Payton was entertaining on his show. But that doesn't mean that he's this genius that can't make mistakes. That was wrong. And he clearly never wanted Russell. He didn't like Russell. So you shouldn't have taken that job. You should have stayed going to the beach and having beers and waiting, waited for another position because now it's a whole bunch. You know, now you got uh, Mike, Ver- Ver- no, Mike Vrabel got let go. Atlanta's out there. I don't know how good Atlanta is. D.C. is out there. Um, they actually have a pretty good squad. And I would love to see a winning football team in Washington, D.C. again. They deserve a winning football team. Um yeah, what, San Diego's out there? San Diego seems like uh, would have been a good fit for Peyton because he obviously doesn't – I don't know if it's race-based, but there's something there. He likes a pretty pretty malleable, uh, impressionable quarterback, and I think that's where Justin Herbert is in his career. So I think that would have worked for him. Uh, he could have – and I keep thinking – they're in San Diego, but they're in L.A. Um, I think that would have worked better for him. But, uh, you know, like I said, they signed that deal with Russ. That's not Russell's fault. You know, lame. Football. I think business will be the undoing of football. It is the most popular sport in America. But at one point, so was boxing. At one point, so was baseball. And people never figured there would be a world where the world – uh, heavyweight championship wouldn't be the biggest thing going. But now, you know, I don't even know who who's fighting. Deontay Wilder is the only name I know. And I, he's not must-see TV for me, you know. Um, I think he's a good fighter, but I, you know, I don't want to pay those crazy prices. I mean, I haven't followed boxing 
whew, in a long time there i think hbo had some good fights but that's letting you know because that's what 25 years ago you know roy jones jr that type of thing so anyway uh there was a time when nobody thought that that would be possible that people wouldn't care about boxing um that the fact that baseball still i mean it's their international audience that is keeping baseball afloat because i don't know very many people who a like baseball and b can sit through a whole game so you know that once upon a time and so it's very easy to see that at some point football could be not a thing could not be something that people want to watch you know and i think the business is going to destroy it you know, Stan Kroenke ruined everything for St. Louis in football, as far as I'm concerned. I hope we never get another team. You can only be pimped out so many times. Twice should be enough. Um, and Stan Kroenke is just not a good human being. Uh, he does not care at all about... Maybe that's harsh. I don't know. He doesn't seem to be a good human being. Let's put it that way. I don't know him. Um, but at the end of the day... He is driven by greed, obviously, and that's all he cares about. And, you know, they may luck into the play. They lucked themselves into the playoffs this year. He's not going to rebuild that team. You know, they, 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 he put that big splashy move together. Seems kind of scripted. Gets them out to LA, gives them a giant stadium. They win the Super Bowl. And he's not going to rebuild that team. Sean McVay is going to get frustrated and move on because that's what Kroenke does. He he gives you some window dressing. He gives you a little bit of, you know, ta-da, and you're all excited like, pow, great, we got a winning squad. And then year after year, you get further and further from the winning season, and then it's like, oh, he's not going to rebuild. He's not going to invest in the team. And it becomes a very unappealing destination. And I get it. In St. Louis, it was a tough sell. A lot of players didn't want to play here. But, you know, I think they were fine playing here as long as they knew someone cared and put money in the team. You know, but after Kurt Warner left, you know, Mark Bulger, serviceable QB. We even had uh, Ryan, uh, what's his name? The old, God, the dude with the... He's got that massive beard now. Uh, we've had we had a ton of quarterbacks come through. I mean, but it was just not an investment in anybody big. And once the greatest show on turf was over, that was it. Year after year after year, it was just like you're not going to spend any money. And they may get you a, a flashy draft pick like Stephen Jackson. You know, he was a good running back, but that was all you were going to get. You weren't going to get, um, you know, you weren't going to get a splashy signing. So get ready, because L.A. They're not gonna, they're not gonna. He's not gonna put any money into the t- into the team. Yes, you made the playoffs this year, but guess what? It's not gonna matter. This and he had to pay five hundred million dollars to St. Louis, and the other owners didn't want to chip in. It's going to be a mess, and I believe that's what's going to destroy the NFL. 
the petty, messy business of it. And they don't care what happens to the players. You know, if you can pay if you can pay a player $500 million over 10 years or over 8 years, whatever, what the hell are y'all making? You know what I mean? What what kind of what kind of money are y'all bringing in? And then you only want to share a small portion in salary, but you don't guarantee those contracts. So if something happens to the player, which is guaranteed because it's football, you're going to have some injuries. Um, that's guaranteed, but the contracts aren't. It's strange. Strange world they have. So anyway, I feel like I'm rambling. I am rambling. Thank you guys for listening, though. I appreciate it. So the moral of the story is there really is not a lot of resources dedicated to helping people pay for uh, care for their loved ones. So you need to figure out a plan for your family. And if there's a uh, political, a financial genius out there, uh, if you could create a product or a fund that helps families come up with seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a month, that would make you a genius. Even more of a genius. That would be great. A savior, a hero. Because right now, the average person cannot figure out how to pay seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a month for care for their loved one. It's insane. It's so much money. Where are you supposed to find it? It's insane. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great day. Uh, We're moving it right through. I mean, we're already at the 11th of January. Have you written your goals down yet? I I basically had to, whatever I was thinking on, let's see, January 3rd, everything stopped because my mom fell on her face in front of me and it was horrific. And um, yeah, but I'm getting back to it. Because I'm still excited. I think this year is going to be a bit of a cage match. But I'm very interested in seeing how things turn out. I'm excited. So I hope all is well with you guys. Please take care. Take care of your health. Your health is your wealth. And let's just have a great year. You know. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, well you guys will be the first to know whatever good happens to me. (laughs) And thanks for your prayers and everything. It's just been it's been miraculous. I mean, she's back to her obnoxious Alzheimer's behavior. So that's incredible. Thank you so much. Please have an amazing day. And I hope that this uh, brings value to you because I, I sincerely mean every word I say. There's not a lot of support out here. You're going to have to support yourself and your own families. And you're going to have to figure out where the money comes from. Uh, and that that is the mystery. And I think it might be something like a family hedge fund, you know, that you just, I think the Rockefellers or some absurdly rich family have something like that where they get all these life insurance policies no matter where, as soon as they're born. And then they can spend off of that, borrow from that, do different things from that. And it, you know, when you pass on that money then goes back to a pool of money. But that's, I mean, we're really going to have to start doing those kind of things for our own families because they're not about to lower these prices. These are 2024 prices. What is it going to be like in 10 years when the demand will be that much greater? 
And I can't express enough that if you need a um, career, look into the medical field. You're going to be super busy. Nursing is huge. And, um, you know, if you can if you can work hard and you've got a good personality, we need you. We do. All right. Be well. Take care.